This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to Growth Decoded, a truly transformational and transcendent experience in the world of Internet shows that discuss the role of the customer experience in business growth. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli. Welcome to today's program. Today's investigation is all about Facebook custom audiences. We're going to talk about what they are and the different types of them. We're going to talk about statistics, how to create different audiences for different reasons, and the sweet spot for a custom audience size. You're going to hear from successful business owner Melissa Love and Facebook ads expert Amanda Robinson. And you're going to hear about the surprises and unexpected results that they have experienced. You're also going to hear their advice for new users, mistakes that they've made so that you don't have to make them, and then... We'll talk about how you can automate the segmenting of your Facebook custom audiences through the integration with ActiveCampaign. But before all that, first things first, what is a Facebook custom audience? A Facebook custom audience lets you target your Facebook ads at a specific group of people who have already interacted with your brand. So let's say you've got a business. And it's a good business because every business is a good business if you're doing business. But let's say you want to be doing more business. So you want to advertise a little and you want to get your name out there. Social media is a good place to start, right? But there are so many options to target people. You can target by age, by location, by interests, and any number of other demographics, factors, or identifiers. So where do you start? Well, instead of targeting your ads to people through luck or broad demographics like age or gender, you can target your ads based on data pulled from your own website, your app, offline lists that you have, or from Facebook itself. So the custom audience helps to solve one of the biggest challenges in advertising. And that challenge is, how do you make sure that the right people are seeing your ads? Because a good ad will fail without the right audience. And Facebook custom audiences let you target the right people every time, making it an essential tool for successful Facebook advertising. Now, Facebook custom audiences help you improve your Facebook advertising campaigns by pulling the power of ad placement directly into your hands. With your ads in front of the ideal readers, nothing is standing between you and advertising success. And you can be sure that your ideal readers are on Facebook, because it's the most popular social media site in the world. Facebook has more than 2.7 billion monthly active users. That's right, I said billion, with a B. And on average, 1.73 billion people log on to Facebook every day. An average Facebook user clicks on approximately 12 ads per month which is one every two and a half days. And when you have 2.7 billion active monthly Facebook users, in a given month, you've got approximately 32.4 billion Facebook ads getting clicked. Can you even comprehend that number? Because I can't. What I can comprehend is that Facebook custom audiences help you get your ad in front of the right group of people within that 2.7 billion. They help you get more of a percentage of those 32.4 billion clicks. How? Well, today we're going to hear from Melissa Love and Amanda Robinson. Now again, Melissa is a successful business owner who uses Facebook ads to her benefit, and Amanda is a Facebook ads expert who uses Facebook ads as her business. All right, let's get started. All right, yes, and now I am joined by Melissa Love of The Design Space. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. Welcome to Growth Decoded. Thank you. Excited to be here. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, so before we get into the whole Facebook custom audiences conversation, I'm just wondering if you could kind of kick things off. Tell us a little bit um, about your business, what you do, and uh, then we can take it from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I run a business called The Design Space. It's been been running for about seven years. I founded it because I wanted to make website building affordable, but you know, and make sure that great design was affordable. I felt there was a real gap in the market. People either had to hire a web designer, um, it cost lots of money, or they had to buy a kind of a theme that they didn't really like that much and just had to make do. And I felt there wasn't a lot in the middle. So that's what I do. And then once people have built their website, I have a membership where people can um, learn how to put their website at the heart of their marketing. And it, a lot of it is about tech integration and automation. So, so yeah, so it'd be, be fun to talk through how we do that. Awesome. Um, love that. That is, you're speaking my language here. That's uh, that's a lot yeah. of what we focus on here at Growth Decoded. That's great to hear. Um, so you said you've been around for, for seven years. Can you kind of take me through like the early parts? How did you get started? How did people kind of find out about your business in the early days? Um, well, I'm really lucky, actually. I stumbled into a niche, um, a really narrow niche, which is photographers. So I, I'm pretty sure if you, if you met a photographer and they were in the kind of wedding or portrait business, they'd probably know who I was. So Mm. I was known for building websites for exclusively for photographers. And I just got to the point after quite a few years where I'd had, you know, great success through a series of lucky breaks and people who'd kind of given me lots of exposure. And I was going around the industry, speaking at lots of events. And I was just pretty burnt out. I was, had two small children and I was you know, juggling all these clients. And I thought, I'm, ready, I'm really ready to create a product that's going to be um, give me recurring revenue. Um, I, I hate to use the word passive income because it's not very passive, it's hard work. So I launched as I, I launched a collection of themes and they sold pretty well for a couple of years. Um, I didn't know an awful lot back then about list building or Facebook ads. So it was word, word of mouth, reputation, and it was all going quite well. And then I thought, no, I'm, I really need to level this up now because I really want to take a big step back from... Um, from, from working with clients I, I don't want to do it don't want to do it anymore not well I, I still love it but I was just so enjoying marketing a product mm. so probably, it was probably about five years ago that I got really into Facebook ads and thought I've got to really I've got to get to grips with this I need to go and get some serious education on it and I need to start building my list Oh, okay. Awesome. All right. Be sure to check out the designspace.co. That's the designspace.co. If you're interested in learning more about Melissa Love's business and offerings, she provided some wonderful context there. Now, there might be a lot of us listening who are just starting out and you might be relying on word of mouth or referrals, manual lead generation at events, or even cold outreach one-to-one or via email. Now, Facebook and social media advertising is a great way to take the next step and start to let those leads find you in a more passive way. So let's meet Amanda and let's get her definition of what a Facebook custom audience is. Now I am joined by Amanda Robinson, the founder of The Digital Gal, uh, Facebook ads expert. Amanda, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Growth Decoded. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to geek out with you today. Yes, absolutely. Um, so but before we get into the whole uh, Facebook custom audiences deep dive, if you will, um, if you could just, you know, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, about the digital gal and kind of how you got started in this space. 
Awesome. So my name is Amanda Robinson. I am the digital gal. I teach Facebook advertising with my Swift Kick in the Ads membership program, my four-week Facebook ads boot camp. Um, I live, eat, breathe, and sleep Facebook advertising. I've been doing this basically since Facebook ads were a thing. So I've been in the game quite a long time, but my main focus is on small and medium-sized businesses. So people who are spending their own hard-earned dollars and don't have a lot of bandwidth and a lot of uh, deep pockets to experiment with, where you just need to get in know what you need to do, know what mistakes to avoid and how to turn that into a successful campaign for a small market, not necessarily big e-com and big scalable campaigns. So that's kind of my focus. That's, that's where I'm at. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, you are exactly the person that we need to be talking to about this. Uh, so, so really what we're trying to do in this episode is figure out, you know, what Facebook custom audiences are, how they function, how you can use them to improve the customer experience and ultimately grow your business. Um, and so I guess if we could kind of start out from a broad sense, um, when you think about Facebook advertising, I know at least Facebook custom audiences was sort of a new term for me when I was learning about it. Um, so could you sort of, is there a distinction between just like general Facebook advertising and, and where does custom audiences kind of fit into that? Awesome. I love this question. All right. So let's, let's look at it in two ways. We've got kind of two sides of the park here. We have saved audiences and we have custom audiences. A saved audience is probably what you mostly think about when it comes to Facebook advertising, when you are looking at demographics and uh, interests and behaviors, all of those wonderful, wonderful things that you can search and try to target. That's generally going to be on the saved audience side. And I like to talk about these people in ways of cold audience and warm audience. Hmm. So a saved audience, the general broad one, that's usually a cold audience of people who haven't met you yet, don't know you. It's a first impression and a first touch point. And then we hop over to the other side of the park and then we have custom audiences. Custom audiences are generally going to be where we're going to be hanging out with warmer audiences, people who have already had some touch point with us, who have a little bit more familiarity. So examples of custom audiences is when we already have data to build an audience off of, whether it's building it off of Facebook's data or building it off of our own data that we're coming to the table. And examples are video views. If people are watching videos on our Facebook page, we can create a custom audience of video viewers or engage with your page or Instagram. So anyone who has liked, clicked, commented, shared, anyone who has engaged with the, with that content, we can create an audience of people based on that data or customer email lists. If you have an email list of your customers, you can bring that to the table and make a custom audience of people that you can retarget. So custom audiences is basically where the retargeting magic happens. Mm -hmm. Saved audiences are more of the cold audience, first impression, first touch point where we're just trying to find people based on interests and behaviors. So those kind of, those are kind of two sides of the coin. And when it comes to custom audiences, it can sometimes take a little bit of time to build up those audience sizes before they're really primed and ready to rock and roll. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. That is, that is such a great way to think about that. The, the hot and the cold. I like that a lot. Awesome. Amanda's Facebook ads bootcamp, a swift kick in the ads, is always starting up again soon with a new class and new sessions. So if you're interested in learning more from her, you can check out thedigitalgal.com to learn more. So Facebook lets you put the warm audiences over here and then write ads specifically for them. By granting you the power to place your ads with pinpoint precision, Facebook is giving you the freedom to truly create your ads with specific audiences in mind. Now this is so you don't have to rely on the one-size-fits-all advertising. You can give your potential customers the custom experience that they deserve. 
Now, you can create custom audiences only with data that you have received permission to use. Now, this should go without saying, but you need to get permission to use people's data. You can't scrape data from public websites or download or purchase email lists from people who have not given you permission to contact them or use their information. You also can't keep people who have requested to opt out of your other customer lists, like your email list. You can't keep those people in your custom audiences. If you created a custom audience based on a customer list, and then some of those customers have since opted out, you're going to need to update your custom audience. This means that if you are basing your custom audiences on your own data, you will need to update those audiences frequently to comply with this regulation. Now, you can have up to 500 custom audiences on Facebook. So start where you have the most data, and don't be afraid to get a little crazy and experiment a little bit. Now, there are multiple types of Facebook custom audiences. There are four, and we got Amanda to break them down for us. Uh, okay, so you just mentioned a couple of different types of, of custom audiences, whether that was from video views or, or your email list or your website viewers. That can kind of get a little overwhelming uh, pretty quickly. Um, so what advice do you have or, or maybe some insights into navigating the different types of audiences? Does that depend on your goal? Does it depend on your product or your offering? Or, or how do you kind of think about that? Well, one of the ways that I recommend getting it rocking and rolling is get into your Facebook audiences and go and create them. Go play around with these. Go and create each of these different types of custom audiences and just have them sitting there parked ready to go when you want to use them, when you're inspired to use them. But if you take the action, go into your audiences, go and create all of these custom audiences, you'll see a big, you'll see a big chart of the different types of audiences you can, you can create. Just go in, pick one, create it. For example, a video view audience, go create one. And engage with your Facebook page, go create one. Um, website visitors, go create one. Customer email list, go create an audience. So if you just go and create these audiences and have them sitting there, then what you'll notice is that over time, these audiences will start to grow. And once you start to see these audiences have a bit of life to them and a little bit of a heartbeat going, then you'll be more inspired to actually use them in your targeting, use them in your, in your advertising. Mm. So if you don't have those audiences created, you kind of forget about those features and functions and forget that it's there. But if you create them, Facebook will tell you what that audience size is. If it's um, below a thousand or once you get over a thousand, then it'll actually tell you exactly how many are in there. Um, so it's, it's very, very handy and useful to get familiar with it, go and create these custom audiences. And it's actually one of the strategies that I use when um, onboarding a new client, starting a brand new ad account, warming up the ad account. There's usually a transition period between attracting people with your cold audience targeting and then getting people to engage and interact with your brand. So when it first, when we first start, instead of going straight for trying to get sales, our whole goal is trying to increase our audiences and our audience sizes. So by going into the account, creating those audiences just to start and then peeking back in on them every time we have a, a, another call, another touch point, you can see the audience sizes are growing with all the efforts that we're putting in. Okay, so to recap, website audiences match people who visit your website with people on Facebook using the Facebook pixel. You can then create an ad to show to that audience. The Facebook pixel is a piece of code and you place this on your website. It collects data that helps you track conversions from Facebook ads, helps you optimize ads, build targeted audiences for future ads, and then remarket to people who have already taken some kind of action on your website. You can create a custom audience from your website for any group of visitors that you'd like to reach with targeted Facebook ads. For example, you could run a campaign to reach people who visited a product page but didn't complete a purchase, and you could run an ad to encourage them to go back to the website to actually complete the purchase. 
A customer list, custom audience, is a type of audience that you can create to connect with people who have already shown an interest in your business or product. It's made up of information called identifiers you've collected about your customers, such as their email address, their phone number, their home mailing address, and then that information is provided to Facebook. Now, the more information that you can provide, the better the match rate. Changes to Apple's Identifier for Advertisers, or IDFA, in iOS 14, this might affect your match rate when matching by mobile advertiser ID. You can improve your match rate if you add one or more of the following identifiers to supplement the mobile advertiser ID. And those are email address, phone number, Facebook app user ID, Facebook page user ID, first name, or last name. An engagement custom audience is an a custom audience that's made up of people who have engaged with your content across the Facebook family of apps and services. Now, engagement refers to actions that people can take while on Facebook. These are actions like viewing videos, following a Facebook page, or opening a form in a lead generation ad. Engagement custom audiences help you show your ads to people who have taken these actions. This is similar to a website custom audience, but it's different in the sense that it's actions taken on Facebook or Instagram rather than on your website. And finally, we have the app activity audience, which is a way to reach users who are taking specific actions within your app. Using the Facebook software development kit, you can pass data to Facebook from your app and use that data to specify who you want to include in your custom audiences. Okay, so there's the four types of audiences, and there are limitless variations that you can make within them. Now, Facebook, again, it lets you create 500 of these audiences, so that begs the question, how big should these audiences be? What's the target size here? What are we looking at? I asked Melissa about this, and here's what she had to say. Okay, so I've got, this is sort of like a two-parter. So when you first implemented like custom audiences or really started exploring it, and this could be pre-active campaign, um, were, were there immediate results that you saw? Um, it's, well, I think this, this is a hard thing. It's an interesting question because because I'm teaching people how to do marketing. Right. I always say to them, it's slow burn at first because you're marketing, your, your Facebook ads, the results you get are only as good as the data you hold. Mm. So when they don't have a lot of data, maybe they've got a list of 100 people who they've worked with or, you know, their data is going to be looser. You know, 100 people isn't a lot to give to Facebook. So right. they have to give them that. They, and then they can add in who have visited their website in the last six months and people have interacted with their social media. So they might scrape together a custom direct audience of about five, 600 people maybe. They're not getting a lot of website traffic. And that's still not a lot to give Facebook to go on if you're going to then generate lookalike ads. So, you know, and that, so you'll, you can also try some interest-based ads. So, but it's it's interesting the, once your list gets to about i'd say 2000 people it's almost like a tipping point where suddenly you've got enough data that it's more accurate and then once you've got two or three thousand people then you start pulling people off who aren't helping because they're distorting the audience right and you know this, when you first get to 2000 you're like i don't want to call a thousand of them it just works so hard to get them Right. It's really hard. Like now, if you, I like been off 5,000 people and I'm doing mind about it, but I remember back in the day, I'm like, I don't want to lose a single person. And he was like, you have to, they're not helping. <laughs> so yes. it is hard at the beginning. I, I, I tend to, I think in my experience, 2000 is around the tipping point for starting to get some serious traction with lookalike audiences. Okay, so a few thousand is where she started to see the difference. But is that the golden rule of thumb? Probably not. 
every audience and every business is different. And as we know, as is the case with all things marketing, it depends. However, one thing is clear, and that is the minimum that Facebook requires for a custom audience is is 100. And that's not going to get you very far. Now, let's hear what Amanda has to say. You you mentioned something, though, that I want to come back to, which was the the thousand uh, individual in the audience threshold that that Facebook sets. Do you find that that is sort of is that sort of a threshold that you cross where you can start getting maybe more out of your audience or learning more about the the demographics of your audience? Uh, Is that you know, is that the sweet spot that Facebook has actually like kind of hit it on the nose or do you find that that is a, a different number? Um, I think the the purpose of the the under a thousand uh, helps Facebook keep everything anonymous. With mm. us as advertisers, we can't see the individuals. We don't have data on exactly who is watching our videos or exactly who is interacting and engaging with our brand. So by keeping that threshold at a thousand or more, it's less identifying information. So we're not able to see, oh, you know, five people saw our video and we knew exactly which five we served it to, for example. Right. So I think it, it helps keep the the data a little more anonymous. Plus. If it's under a thousand, it's it depends on the nature of the audience, but it may not be enough for you to start retargeting. It might not be the best use of your budget. You're you're going to have too small of an audience, and you're going to exhaust them too quickly. And when I say mm. exhaust an audience, if you are serving an audience, say I had a hundred people who have visited my website, and I decided that I wanted to serve ads to those hundred people and retarget them. It's a very small audience. What's going to happen is that my ads don't have that many people to, to be shown to. It's just chasing around those hundred people. Those ads are going to show multiple impressions. We're going to be hitting those people six, seven, eight times across Facebook and Instagram and marketplace and all of the different placements that these ads could be shown. And people are going to get tired of them very quickly. They're going to get annoyed. It's kind of like swatting a fly, like, okay, leave me alone, leave me alone until they get to the point where they click on hide ad or hide all ads. And for you as an advertiser, that is the worst, the worst black mark on you possible because your ads are delivering based on the algorithm popularity. So how popular is that content? How high quality is that content when it goes up in competition against other advertisers also going after the exact same audience of you? So when, when it comes to putting those ads out there, if they're not high quality and if people are getting annoyed, then they're not very well favored with the algorithm. They don't have a lot of momentum to them. They're heavier, they cost more to move, mm-hmm. and you're going to be losing out in the auction. So having ads that when you exhaust an audience, it, it's actually quite detrimental to all the hard work that you've put in to attract that audience, to attract those website visitors. So when you have a small number of um, people on your warm audience list, on your on your custom audiences, it's not ideal to go out and start retargeting right away. Now, with that said, <laughs> you can still use your custom audiences for a retargeting strategy, even if they are small, if you have a very conservative budget that you're matching up with it and you're running it alongside a campaign that's continuing to fill up the bucket of new people. For example, you can have a website visitors list and instead of targeting website visitors uh, up to 180 days, six months, that's maximum amount of time you can retarget a website visitor, um, you can set up, you can create a custom audience of website visitors in the past seven days. And then you can chase those people around with a with a dollar a day strategy. So everyone who's been to your website in the last seven days have dollar a day running and retarget anyone who's been to your website to try and try and get them to come back or complete the sale or mm. move further through your funnel. So that's one strategy. You can run that alongside other campaigns at the same time. But if you have 
you know, if you have under a thousand website visitors and you're going out with a $500 ad campaign and you're just trying to retarget the heck out of these people, they're going to get exhausted and exhausting an audience is not ideal. No, for sure. Uh, as you were saying that, that's, it's funny, you know, active campaign is an email service provider. We see a lot of the same things just, you know, on the, on the channel of email, right? So it's, you know, you have your entire list, you have all the people that might be in your custom audiences. Are you going to send them all an email every time? Or like you said, you take a little bit more of a conservative strategy, segment them out a little bit, set that time parameter, and then kind of chase them with a targeted message. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. You want to let those audiences grow a bit so that you've got a good pool of people to advertise to. Otherwise, you might annoy them or exhaust them, as Amanda said. Remember, Facebook ads to custom audiences are ads for people who have encountered your business before. Now, this might differ based on the audience that you're targeting, but the fact remains the same. You want to send the right message to the right person at the right time. But you don't want to send the right message to the right person all the time. Now, this is where segmentation and strategy come in. Who gets to see which ad? When? How many times? When should they be removed from an audience? It turns out that the audience type can have a lot to do with this. So let's go back to Amanda and hear some more. So in terms of along that line of thinking, do you, do you find that, you know, segmenting your custom audiences, or could you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you, um, how, what are the different ways that you can kind of drill into those things? I know you had just mentioned, you know, people who had been in your website in the last seven days, but are there other ways that you find that are particularly effective, especially in the early stages of kind of segmenting out those people? So in the, in the early stages, so the, the custom audiences I like to focus on are website visitors, engaged with your page or your Instagram, video views, and customer like customer email lists. I would say, let's break those into two sections, video views and engagement. We're going to park that over here. And when we come to website visitors and email, that's if I can just make the one point that those audience members, you just want to protect them. You want to give them a great big hug. You want to take really, really, really good care of them. They are some of the most expensive to attract. Getting people onto your email list, we're, we're ballparking at least a dollar per email when it comes to your advertising. Typically, when we're talking about email, blah, 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 website visitors and your email list are generally going to be a lot more costly to attract versus video viewers and engage with page to get people to watch a video on your page can cost you as little as one cent per 15 second view. Um, my personal ballpark for my own content, I'm a bit niche. I'm teaching Facebook advertising. Not everybody cares about Facebook ads. I run around uh, 10, 11 cents per 15 second video view for my own content. So it's still cheap and cheerful. Those are cheap and cheerful audiences. You can grow them very easily at a low cost and you can, you can drive the ship. You can manipulate that audience into being a high quality audience based on how you're managing your campaigns. For example, video viewers. If you want to build an audience of video viewers and then use them as a high quality audience to retarget them at a later date based on how, how much of the video they've watched. Say, say I have a really wonderful ad campaign that I'm running and I want to retarget people who have watched 50% or more of that ad campaign video. I can do that. But if that initial video that I was running to a cold audience of people on the saved audience side is being served by Facebook in an, in an ad placement that isn't really high quality for me, 
for example, the audience network, if people are playing Scrabble and when they're done that, that game, they want to move on to the next, but they're forced to watch a 15 second video before they can move on. That's a forced mm. video view. And that's not necessarily a great indicator to me of audience interest. So right. if I go to retarget and retarget an audience that has been built up in size based on these forced video view placements, it's not going to result in a high quality audience for me. So over time, when I first start with, with advertising for a brand new account, I'll start with all placements, let it ride. And then I'll start to see where Facebook is delivering that content. And then I'll start to go and pull out different placements and, and manage the direction and the trajectory of that audience to grow it into a higher quality audience over time. So mm. it's a cheap and cheerful way to do it. And it's a great way when you're first starting out with your ad account to learn, to be able to learn how to read your reports, learn what's working, what's not, learn um, what age, what gender, what um, demographic, what region that you're attracting these video viewers from. Mm. And that will translate down the road into a big superpower for you when it comes to running future campaigns where you're running on a tight margin and you wanna start making sales. So we don't wanna retarget low quality audiences and generally video view and engage, engage with your page or Instagram audiences can be low quality, but you can increase the quality of them over time. And then that moves us over to the website visitors and email list. They're expensive. Um, website visitors, generally anywhere from 30 cents to, to over a dollar per click to get onto your website. Depend that these are general, those are ballpark based on the clients I work with. The, there's a massive range, but sure. um, an email list, you're generally running about a dollar per email address that you're acquiring. So those audiences, those custom audiences are so valuable to you. They've cost you a lot to acquire them. So you don't want to exhaust them and you don't want to run low quality campaigns. You don't want to run experimental campaigns to them protect them. You want to take really good care of them and only give them the good stuff. You want to keep them around. You really need to think about who these contacts are. Are they someone who has only seen a short clip of a video? Are they someone on your email list? Is this someone who is already a customer or is this someone who barely knows you at all? You have to take these things into account when you're creating the ads that you're going to put in front of them. Now, we've talked about expectation management a lot on this show, and Facebook custom audiences are another opportunity for you to manage them correctly. Think about this. Someone who's on your customer list expects a certain type of content from you. They don't expect to see an ad telling them who you are and asking for the sale. Depending on your business, they might not expect to see an ad for you at all. And with today's software capabilities, you can even integrate your email tools with your Facebook custom audience's account. This lets you keep your Facebook audiences up to date with actions that your contacts are taking elsewhere. Melissa has her active campaign account integrated with Facebook custom audiences, so let's hear how that helps her manage the expectations of her contacts and then create more relevant customer experiences for them. It took us about a year to really nail the, the ads and she did all the research and she set up my active campaign um, and took a, took a look at the mess I'd made on my own put some structure in place and she did all the full integration she's like right let's get your deep data integrations going let's get some custom audiences going um and she was the one who helped me kick that into shape really so that was when we started building facebook custom audiences based on the behavior of, of our existing clients and what they did and pushing that through to and and then i remember the first time i went into ads manager and there it was sitting there waiting to be used i was like this is magic what <laughs> Because I knew you could do that. I've been like exporting spreadsheets of names of people from WooCommerce who bought a certain product and uploading it into Facebook. But the fact that I can have 
I mean, the magic thing is, right, you do that once and it's not dynamic. The magic of the custom audiences in active campaigns, they're dynamically updating themselves. People pull themselves out. They put themselves in based on their behavior. Right. So my Facebook audience never had, I never had to touch them. They're looking after themselves. I'm not, I don't have to re-upload spreadsheets. They're just, the better my list is, the more accurate it is, the cleaner it is, the more responsive, the better my Facebook audiences are. So I find it a real motivator. I'm like, hey, let's have a call. We need to get rid of some of these people who are just sitting around not buying anything because they're distorting my Facebook audience. Right. How many different audiences do you do you have on Facebook? Right. So if, the same as we did when we first first bought them. Um, so we have anyone who's a subscriber. So we, that's quite a broad net to have, but it's always worth it if you're just, I don't know how much I use it anymore. It used to, when my list was smaller, it made sense to have an all subs list. But now that it's um, a lot bigger, it's around 18, 20K at any given time. I, chunk, I take chunks out of it all the time. People are not responsive. Um, I've Then I have, um, so basically the three people who've signed up to be in our world, so mm. also subscribers, then we have then people who do buy, um, and depending on what they buy. So I've got two sides to the business, as I said, the, the membership and the templates. So I've got template owners, members, um, people who don't buy. <laughs> so I always have people who have, I've got one of, they've signed up, but they haven't bought. So I've got two two of those because they're, okay. they're, they're good at knowing about those. And I have people who stop buying. So people who kind of like lapse from the membership, they go into um, a win back audience. And after a certain time, They'll start seeing ads again and I give them kind of, I think, three-month break and then they that starts um, delivering again. Okay. So, yeah. so it's, And also a really neat little one is um, we also segment people based on engagement. So people who join my Facebook group, there's a neat little bit of kit called Group Funnels, which with a bit of Zapier kind of jiggery in the middle, you can then send those people into Active Campaign and um, Facebook people who have signed up for something then join my free group. They're like double hand raisers. So I want to know about those people. They're like super engaged, super interested. Right. So they get a special custom audience of their own as well. And I always I always build one for any current promotion. So I'm selling a workshop that's happening next week right now. So that's, I'm going to use that next week when we get into retargeting mode. Okay, awesome. And, and so in within Active Campaign, are these all different tags that sort of trigger the um, addition or you know removal from these different custom audiences? Or how does that look? Uh, so it's a variety of things. So a purchase, which will give them a tag, but also um, the deep data will, you know, any purchases just go straight into an audience. So that that couple, uh, I think we use the tag as a fail safe. I think we have two triggers for that. Okay. Um, then there would be people who, yeah, people who join the Facebook group get tagged and then the win back people will, yes, that's tagged they get a tag called cancelled they go back so that's good as that and current promotions is i've got people bought the yeah i'm just i need to build that audience out once i get to the i've done the workshop and i want to reopen the cart and people are kind of being sales i'll probably i'll have several audiences that i can include and exclude okay and I, I know in my audience as well they they as soon as they lose a tag or they gain a tag i only have a goal to pull them out of that audience so they I'm not wasting money on showing ads to people who've already bought or. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's one of the, the, the biggest <laughs> nightmares, right? Is to just continually show ads to people who just don't want to see them. Um, awesome. That's, that's great to hear. That's always sort of the question too, right? Like what is the critical mass or what is the sweet spot to where you really start to see those results? Yeah. That's great. And when you, 
when you, the other thing that comes into play is, which I really recommend doing, is I've got this blog post. It's like how to add an Instagram feed to your website. It's like number one ranked, even everywhere, even above Instagram themselves. It's number one on the first page of Google. It's not a crazy long post. It brings me about fifteen to 20,000 unique visitors a month, that one post. Mm. It's like my special golden child that I'm always checking on it. And there's a, there's a specific content upgrade that gets people onto that list to do with that subject. And then once they're on that subject, and I've got another one for Woo, WooCommerce, which is kind of an, um, a WordPress shopping cart plugin. So the WooCommerce one is great because what happens is they, they read it, they sign up for my free WooCommerce mini course, then that sets off a retargeting ad, which um, shows them um, my WooCommerce themes. Mm. And the next thing I know, I just see them dropping into the cart and I'm like, great. So you can be hyper-targeted with, with the way you, you put all of that together. So, so that's why I, I would advise people who are struggling to get traction to really spend a bit of time building two or three cornerstone posts, which are going to work really hard for you. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're like low-hanging fruit because if they're, they've demonstrated they're interested in your subject, they sign up for the free thing you've got, then they see that the, the next the paid thing which is going to help them get there quicker um right. you know it's great and yeah, yeah so for, actually i've got to say so for those two specific blog post content upgrades i do have custom audiences for those because i want them to see specific products mm. okay that's that's awesome using that that seo organic visitors to just convert that i mean that's the dream right that's what everybody wants to do yeah. that's that's awesome okay so melissa touched on a few different strategies there Thinking about particular actions that contacts can take, or if you have other sources of lead generation, these can be great ways to segment your audience and target them with a different ad. Melissa mentioned contacts that come through a particular blog post. These contacts have an interest in a specific topic, and then she retargets them with a hyper-relevant ad. This strategy lets you take a more tactical approach. Or, if it's a contact that's already purchased, you don't have to target them at all, because there's nothing worse than throwing money away at contacts who have already purchased from you and are unlikely to purchase again. With the power of automation and software integrations through tools like ActiveCampaign, these contacts could get pulled out of your Facebook custom audience so that doesn't happen at all and you never have to worry about it. Speaking of changing the ads up for different audiences or seeing different content at different places in your customer journey, Melissa has a great strategy for this. So let's take a listen to what she's got to say here. Okay, so with all these different audiences that you have, um, how how many different ad do they all get a different ad? Is it all worded differently? Is that all, like all the promotions that are kind of tied to them? What does that look like? Um, I've probably got two. I've got two lead magnets running um, at the moment, two main ones, and they see different content at different stages of the funnel. I okay. split them into a twenty-one day process for me. It's is the kind of average buying time. So days one to seven, they hit the thank you page when, well, there's, there's ads for people which are based on my custom audiences lookalike, bringing in new, new people into the funnel. They are wanting to get the lead magnet. As soon as they hit that thank you page, boom, they're in days one to seven, they start getting hit with different ads. So they will stop seeing ads for the thing which they've already got, because we don't want them to see that, because that's just right. wasting money. And they start seeing um, what I call nurturing content, which really positions me as an expert. They, they like short videos. They're prompting them always to either go join the Facebook group or to go and watch the longer version of this video on my website. And they, there's no, there's no, I don't ask them to buy anything. That's just being helpful. 
and there's probably there's so there's seven pieces and there's seven days so they see a different one each day oh wow um yeah and then they receive i think three emails in that seven day period which mirror the content that's on they go out of the seven days then they're at the same time after day seven the emails start to tell them about what our products and what we can offer them and it they, then they'll be pulled out of the audience that sees the nurturing content and they'll start to see sale content. They'll start things like testimonials behind the scenes, before and after, you know, um, do you want to buy this? Don't forget, have you thought about? Um, and that leads us up to um, week, uh, that's, I probably let that run for another 10 days and they come out of that audience. And then there's just lot, then they see, start to see last chance or, um, you know, the final retargeting, don't miss. And, and then if they come out of that and they still haven't bought something, if they if they time out the 21-day period, they'll see an offer for a down sale as well. Wow. You really have it figured out. You've got it mapped. I mean, content mapped all the way through different, yeah. the, the whole time period. Um, that's incredible. That well, I like to think of it, oh, sorry. No, you go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I like to think of it as a lot of people's main marketing um, strategy is that I'll say, what's your marketing strategy? And I'll go, yeah, I just, I'm really, I post a lot on Instagram. I was like, in, in, but what's the strategy? Yeah, I'm just, I just post a lot and I do reels. So I'm like, this is all good, but that's, that's not a strategy. Right. I said, imagine if you went to a party and you walked straight up to everyone and went, gave them a massive hug, even if you didn't know them, you made them sit down and started telling them all about yourself. I said, you just wouldn't do that. I said, what happens in real life is you go in and you give your best friends a hug. But other people who you've not met, you go and introduce them, introduce yourself, you have a little chat. Maybe there's people you've met once or twice before. You give them a little mini hug and you say, how you have a catch up, how you do, and you find out a bit more about them. You, know, you don't just go in and shout at everyone, which is effectively what posting on social media is if you don't have a content strategy which people see at different stages of the relationship. You know, if not, they just think you're a shouting weirdo who, you know, says the same thing to everyone. You know, yes. it doesn't work in your life, doesn't work online. That, I love that analogy so much. I have used that um, a few times myself, not, not as well as you just put it, but, you know, just yeah. the idea that, you know, you have different people, you have different relationships and you're at different places. You talk to them about different things. They have different interests. You have different connections with them. You've known them for a certain amount of time. You've known them for longer or shorter. It's just, you don't talk to everybody the same way all the time. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great way to put it. Well, Melissa really has it down. But if you're just starting, remember to manage your own expectations. Build one piece at a time. Identify areas where you can build out your strategy, where you can differentiate and segment your audiences, and then maybe even add and target an additional segment. Think about where it might make sense to add in another channel, or think about when someone should be pulled out of an audience because they've seen the ad enough times and it's just not working for them. And who knows, you might surprise yourself. Amanda and Melissa have definitely experienced their fair share of surprises when it comes to Facebook custom audiences, so let's take a listen to what they have to say. So thinking along the same lines, as I mean, it sounds like you have had you have an unbelievable amount of knowledge and experience working with Facebook ads in general, but Facebook custom audiences. Is there anything throughout this journey that you've been on that has surprised you about using Facebook custom audiences? Anything that you maybe thought was going to happen and didn't or had never saw coming and, and it did happen? <laughs> uh, I'd say about two years ago, Facebook made some little changes. This is going to be very relevant for your audience as it pertains to email lists. 
Um, a lot of advertisers don't want to use business manager and, uh, or as it's now called business suite, we have business manager, we've got business suite. We have, we have a whole bunch of different places you can get lost in the background of Facebook ads, but traditionally a lot of advertisers hated business manager when it first rolled out way back in the day, because it was very difficult and tricky to navigate. It was very confusing and it seemed redundant. You can still operate your Facebook page without business manager. Um, so not a lot of people were using it. Um, over time, especially more recently, it's become it's become almost necessary that you have your Facebook ad accounts and your Facebook assets, like your page, your pixel, your catalog, all that fun jazz, organized inside your business manager or with business suite. And if you don't have business manager, if you don't have it set up that way, then you have one of those custom audiences you are not allowed to use, and that's your email list. So you are not able to upload an email list and retarget website or sorry, uh, email customers. If you don't have an ad account that is living inside of a business manager or business suite. Mm. So if you have a personal ad account that's floating around that, and that's another thing people may not realize is um, every Facebook login. If you log in to Facebook as a person, you automatically in the background have a personal ad account, whether you know it or not. That's the thing that if you uh, get added as an admin to a page and you go to boost a post, it's going to default to your personal ad account. But you can have ad accounts inside a business manager or a business account. And those ones, um, those ones basically have more security and more features to them. Well, not really a lot of more features, but it enables you to be able to use that email list function. Hmm. That is very, very important. If you want to use the Active Campaign Facebook Custom Audiences integration, that is some some great advice there. You know, we advocate pretty strongly for, like you said, it's, it's nice to watch that number go up. You feel very attached to it, but at some point it's like, you know, they're doing more harm than good. So um, I think that's, yeah. that's great advice. Throughout your experience with, with Facebook, Facebook custom audiences, lookalike audiences, has there been anything that's really like surprised you kind of unexpected or maybe a piece of information, something that was like the missing key, the missing link. And then all of a sudden it just kind of took off. I think, well, I think definitely it's that it's periodically telling your list. It's not having any people who are just taking up space that A, you're paying paying for right? and distorting your Facebook audiences. That was like a real, I had to be brave. I'm like, I don't want to call all these people. And I was like, okay, I was like, do it, do it. So <laughs> it's like the, the Roman empire emperor, right? yeah. the, the thumbs down. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, now we're like, get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome. that, that was probably the biggest learning curve where, because you, you, it's human nature to like the vanity of, I think the first, we'd cull them periodically. And then when we hit 20K, K went, you don't want to be paying even more. Come on, this is, you've got to let these people go. I know you wanted to hit, see the 20, you've seen it, take a picture of it with your phone. Now we're going to get rid of 5,000 of them and you can drop back down to a lower level and, She's like, I'm going to, so she, we now cull, 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 cull. I'm just bumping along under that 20. But when we when we get that 20, she'll say, I know she'll say it's a well-earned 20K. It's not just a bloated, lazy, fat 20K. It's a like lean and mean 20K. Mm. That's awesome. I, I like that. I like having that, that the take a picture of it. So you know that it happened. That's really funny. Um, but yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's just a great, it's a great strategy and a great way to like, just keep it in mind. Like you said, it's not a bloated one. It's, it's, you've earned it. And yeah. it's all the people that deserve to be there and should be there. Sometimes less is more. And just like with email, if your contacts aren't engaged, 
if they're not converting, if they're just existing and taking up space on your list and you're paying for it, don't be afraid to send them a last chance to engage and then cut your ties. You're going to be much better off from an ad and email perspective if you have smaller, more engaged lists of people who you know are interested and want to see your content. As Melissa said, that's a common mistake that people make because you just love to see that number going up. You don't want to voluntarily shrink it. After all, you worked so hard to get that number where it is. What are some other mistakes that Amanda and Melissa have seen or maybe even that they've made? Along those same lines, are there any common mistakes that you see or pitfalls that you see people that may be new with custom audiences kind of falling into? Or is there anything that maybe you've uncovered or a mistake that you have made that you could kind of talk through now um, and so that others might not make it in the future? Video view audiences. haha. Okay. Out of all the other custom audiences, you build them, you set them up, and then they just keep going. They keep, they just keep populating. They just keep themselves um, current. Video view audience is not the case. That's the one audience that one custom audience that you actually need to manually go in and edit and add new videos to. Now, again, this is depending on the strategy. You can use video view custom audiences for one single video um, that you've run. Say you want to retarget people who have watched a certain percentage of a particular sales video that you've put out on Facebook. Great. Then you don't need, don't need to worry about it. It's just focused on that one video. That's it. But for video view and engagement custom audiences, we have a maximum 365 days that we can retarget people who have viewed videos or engage with your page. It's mm. different than the website mm. audiences, which is only six months. But these audiences, we can retarget people for a year. So with video views, there's a strategy out there that you can be using where you just build an audience of people who have watched any of the videos on your Facebook page. You just keep growing that over time. And that audience, that means that every time you put out a new video on your Facebook page, you need to remember to go back into your audiences, edit that video view audience, add in the new videos that you've put out and then save that. And then it'll update. Another thing is with custom audiences, if you don't use them, um, they go dormant. So Facebook will, uh, they're still there. You just need to use them in a, in a campaign and it wakes them back up again. So if it looks like, uh, as I'm saying, you know, the other ones auto-populate, they automatically update and someone will say, no, they don't. <laughs> you just got to use them. It'll wake them back up again. Bring, it'll bring them back to life. But video view audiences, that's the one you have to manually go in and add new videos to. And it's just something you got to get in the habit of or set a little, set a little calendar reminder. Um, or in the habit that I've made is every single time I go into ads manager to go and look at a campaign or look at anything in the back end. I'm like, Oh, I got to go update my video view audiences. Mm. So that's one little tip. No, uh, other, other pitfalls, other issues. Um, the biggest one is just people trying to retarget warm audiences or those custom audiences using them too soon too soon without putting, you're just trying to, to jump right to the retargeting without putting the work in to building up the quality and size of those audiences first. So a lot of advertisers just miss that whole step of warming up an audience. They just go straight for straight for the sale. And if you're, if you're selling something that's um, very low cost, low, it doesn't take much from the decision-making standpoint. If you're trying to sell me a widget, that's a dollar 50, I'm going to want the widget or not want the widget. That's it. It doesn't really take a lot of retargeting and convincing and, and add dollars and spend. No. But if you're trying to sell me a $1,500 course, I'm not going to buy it the first time I see it. And it's probably going to take $500 in spend 
just to get one sale for a $1,500 course. And that's going to be broken out into a whole bunch of retargeting. So it's going to take time. So I think managing your own expectations on how much time it takes and effort and energy to build up your custom audiences before they start producing results and returns for you. That's, that's probably the biggest pitfall I see business owners running themselves into because you're looking at your, your peers and your competitors and you see other people, uh, you know, go out there and just, just nail it and get tons of results and Facebook ads are working for them. And then you look at yourself and you get frustrated and down on yourself on why can't I make this work? Well, guess what? It's not you it's Facebook. And it's just a matter of managing those expectations, that competitor or that other advertiser, they may have been building up audiences over several years. They may have been advertising in the advertising game three years in advance of you. So they have massive website visitor audiences already built up, huge engagement audiences already built up, high quality audiences from the years of changing and tweaking their campaigns already built up. So yeah, they can go out, throw $100 on a campaign and boom, make a ton of sales. If you're just starting out, that's not going to be you. <laughs> that's right. going to be you three years from now. So if you're not starting now and learning how to build up these audiences and just get started, then it's it's not when you first start, you're not going to make sales on Facebook ads. When you first start, you're going to spend a lot of experimental dollars learning and growing your accounts. It's, it, I mean, some people do hit a home run on their first go with Facebook ads. And I've seen it and it's great. And it's very thrilling. It's very exciting when it happens, but that's the exception. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That is one thing that we've sort of uncovered in various degrees with all of the topics that we've uh, explored here is that it's, it comes down to expectation management is so critical to your, your customers and them having a good customer experience. But then also, like you said, you know, having the expectations that what is this actually going to yield? Um, you know, how far along am I, how good is my information? How much better could my information be? And then kind of factoring all of those things in, because, you know, like you said, you, you hear about the, the success stories that are massive where you might, you know, you, if you ask your friend, they're going to tell you their greatest hits. They're not going to tell you about, you know, <laughs> they want to keep you engaged. So it, it is very important to keep in mind. Ah, there's that expectation management again, not just of your customers, but of yourself building audiences and building businesses takes time, you're probably not going to see overwhelming success from the very beginning. It's important to remember that this is all a process. So keep your expectations realistic. Never stop learning. Never stop iterating and improving your ads, your audiences, and your strategies. Think about Melissa's story. Start small, build modularly, identify gaps and areas where you can improve and tie things together, and always keep working towards beating where you were yesterday. Speaking of Melissa, what kind of mistakes did she make that we might learn from? So if someone is watching today and they're thinking about maybe jumping into the game, um, getting started with it, or maybe they have just gotten started with it and they're pretty confused, they're in over their head, you know, what fill in the blank. Um, do you have any advice, um, best practices, anything like that, as far as using Facebook custom audiences that, that might help them out? Yeah, I, my biggest piece of advice would be don't wait. You know, don't wait till you've built the ultimate funnel. You know, for, for three years, I just collected people's emails addresses and I didn't send them a single email. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was just like Facebook ads to grow my audience. But I would periodically email them when we had a promotion. I didn't do the whole, the content strategy we have now is we email them three times a week. I mean, I needed some convincing of that. And that was like a big step. But, you know, this is, this is a period of iterations over years. And, you know, I'd also say don't get discouraged in the early days when you first start running ads based on and you've got limited data like 
you know, I, I'm I'm aware and I, I know when I hear other marketers who say, hey, it's really easy. You just do this. And I'm like, yeah, but that's all right for you because you've got 250,000 people on your list. You know, you can, of course, it's, you're going to have success. You're going to have these big launches. Right. You know, I get I, so I don't want to come across as like where I hope someone listening to this doesn't think, well, that's easy for her to say, you know, just do this. In the beginning, it was hard to get that traction with the custom audience. So what I'd say now is start harvesting data now. Make sure that you, and I don't mean data, that's a horrible word, wrong word. Start making sure you know how to contact um, or where to find your best behaving customers. Mm -hmm. So start knowing your numbers. Look at which blog posts are pulling in the most traffic and build a custom audience from there. Look at um, who, you know, people joining your Facebook groups and make sure you're tagging these people if you can. There are all these great tools where you can tag people you know, see where people are clicking, see who's buying your stuff. Make mm-hmm. sure you get your tag and bagging everyone who's doing anything in your in your world that's good, because then you 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 can then you can then stack them up to make a great look like audience. You might say once you've got your little custom audiences all labeled up neatly, you mm-hmm. can go into your ad account. They are all just sitting there, so you're like, right, I'll have those, and I'll stack them up with some of these people, and I'll stack them up with those. Right, that's about. 3,000 people, right, Facebook, build this little stack into a lookalike audience. Mm. So start getting your, um, just start getting your little kind of your best behaving people on your radar, you know, and if, if you can't find them, then there's probably a tool that can help you find them and identify them. You know, personally, I, I find the deep data integration with Active Campaign and my website absolutely fascinating. Um, sometimes when people buy something, I'd say two or three times a week, I'll just go and look at their profile, see where that where that individual has clicked, look for patterns. And you can see like how many times, some, especially if I sometimes look back and I'll see, wow, they've been on my list for three years. They've only just bought something. You know, it's interesting, you know, Facebook funnel sounds very linear, but it's not linear at all. They mill around in your kind of little atmosphere and audience for a long time sometimes. So that's why it's worth having these little, you know, eventually having these what we call train carriages of campaigns which you can stick together and they can trickle through and you never know what's going to be the trigger that where they say after three years today is the day (laughs) that I'm gonna buy from her but you just never know but um but yeah because we've tagged people consistently we can actually know we can go and make a little sandwich of all the nice people who do nice things (laughs) and and feed into the Facebook machine yeah Awesome. That's, that's great. That's great advice. Um, This is kind of an interesting question that I've just thought of. And I'm wondering if you have any, if there are any like big mistakes that you have made um, or lessons maybe that you've learned that you might be willing to share and feel free. I mean, if not, that's fine, but anything that, you know, mistakes that you, you thought maybe this would work and it didn't end up working that you could maybe help some potential people to avoid. Oh, yeah, I've got the mother of all lessons. It was last October, I decided to run a free challenge on Facebook about how to pivot your business into a new niche. A lot of people during the last 12 months, for obvious reasons, are wanting to pivot out their now not very good prospects because it's all been crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, you know, and I knew it was great content. uh, But what I did do was schedule it to fall in the two weeks, in the same two weeks as um, the US presidential election Halloween, um, Black Friday. I think there was some other thing going on. Uh, there's, there's a global pandemic, obviously. This was like the perfect storm of when to never be buying Facebook ads. It was super expensive. 
Because um, yeah, there's, there's only so much ad space in, in Facebook world, right? Right. And they're all major giants of news corporations and um, political parties buying all the ad space. It was scarce. Um, and I, I lost, I spent thousands. I think, you know, it covered itself, but there wasn't, I didn't kind of make any profit from that whole thing. So yeah, be really careful when you, when you time things. Now we have like a sanity check just before we're about to do, when we've booked into a big promotion or an event. I'm like, people, shall we do it? Hang on people on Scotland. They're in, they're on holiday. People here, I kind of do a little safety check to make sure I'm not walking some ridiculous crazy ad buying storm yeah wow that's yeah that's a great such a great point and especially if you're if your audience is international right there's different holidays that fall on different things there's i mean there's cultural stuff there's just all kinds of different things um that's great that's great advice similar sentiments remember it's always a period of iteration don't get discouraged in the early days it's also a period of listening of finding out who your most engaged contacts are discovering which attributes or characteristics that they share, and then looking for more of those. Timing is everything. Create a quality assurance checklist before you launch an ad. Check for spelling and grammatical errors. Make sure that the links work and that they lead back to the right pages. And then think about the timing. Are there holidays coming up? Are there cultural phenomena going on that might impact your ad's performance? All of these things are important to consider before you push that button and launch that ad campaign. That is our show today. Thank you to Melissa Love. Thank you to Amanda Robinson for their wonderful insights on Facebook custom audiences. Be sure to check out the design space either on their website or on Facebook or Instagram. Check out the Digital Gal, and you can take a look at Amanda's Bootcamp, a swift kick in the ads if you'd like to boost your Facebook ad performance. Thank you all for your time today and for supporting Growth Decoded. I'm Ernie. Go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.